Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. The following is rated MA. Some people may find it offensive. It contains language, adult themes and immature content, as well as fart jokes. There will be lots of fart jokes. Listener discretion is advised. You've been warned. This is the Weekly Wodge. Welcome, legends. Back to club footy. Love it. Loved Origin 2. Being a blue living in Queensland has been a punish for most of the last decade. Nice to finally get one back. In our house, there's me and one of the Labradors that were born in New South Wales and Mrs Unfiltered and the other labs supporting Queensland, even though the bride was actually born in Grafton. There's a little bit of Greg Inglis about that, isn't there? Anyway, we've got a cracking episode for you. Eight of the finest lined up, ready to go. Some footy talk, some absolute nonsense, some laughs as well. Enjoy it, legends. The game changed dramatically in 2020 with the rule changes. The style of play has and continues to evolve. For me... It is the perfect fit for two young coaches with really different ideas. Chris Walker joins us. Mate, your brothers Ben and Shane have had experience in success in Q Cup. They've got a very different theory. Do you agree the new rulings are actually tailor-made for their style of coaching? I actually asked Ben and Shane um, if they were the if they were the two people that pushed that six again rule because. Yeah. The way they the way that they play, the way that they coach their players, the way that they let their players back themselves, um, with the speed of the play, the ball and, and whatnot. I mean, if they do get a coaching gig, I think the NRL's dead. I think I think the, the rest of them are, are running second. Okay. Some mightn't be familiar with what they do, how they do it. How would you explain it, mate? And feel free to talk them up because I know people will say, Oh yeah, but Chris is their brother, but Talk them up for what they've legitimately done and, and come up with, because I reckon it's fabulous. Oh, it's unbelievable, Andy. It's um, it's it's a it's a game. It's a style of football that that um, you know, utilizes or, or exploits things in you know opposition's defense defensive line. Like, yeah, you know, there's players there that are in the middle. You 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 big boppers. You know, your hundred plus, hundred and twenty kilo plus um, front rowers, second rowers. And what they what they do is they entice their players to hold the ball for as long as they can, which means you might need to run backwards, you might need to run sideways. But what it's effectively doing in a set of six, I think uh, in 2015 when I come back and play from in 2015 uh, for the Jets, I think we held the ball. I think a normal set of six goes for about 40 seconds. I think we held mm-hmm. the ball for a minute and 20 or a minute and 30 in wow. one set of six. Now what it's doing is it's it's moving the opposition team around. You mightn't. What we what we did at the start, we played direct. We played you know played direct football. Yep. But at the back end of each half, we're running around players, running around these big, moving, making players come up, 
stay up, move laterally one side, then the ball goes past them, then they've got to chase, then they've got to come back to the other side because the ball's getting turned back in the in uh, inside. Yeah, it, it's for the. It, it looks like it's um, it looks like it's chaos um, from an outsider, and looks yeah. like the the players don't know what they're doing. But every single player they coach their te- they coach their players. They make sure that every single player, like every single player on that field, they know what they're doing. It's high energy, it's isn't that, it? It's high energy. It's high energy. You. It's high energy, high skilled football. And when you execute it right, you win premiership like they did in 2015. I know people are going to go, oh, yeah, but this is Chris talking. They're going to yeah, talk his matter. brothers up. You know, and you know, they keep on talking about the 2015 premiership. But the thing is, the Ipswich Jets, they don't have a, a they don't have a, you know, the back pocket like they like an East Tigers yep. or a, you know Redcliffe, you know all these rich clubs. So they've got to rely on bringing just ju- juniors through. Mm. Um, you know they can't go out and buy you know a Cameron Cullen or a um, you know or, or one of these high uh, valued players. Yep. You know he's on fifty or eighty grand at, at Redcliffe. You can't. They can't go out and pay no. that. I think the highest paid player when I was there was me, and it was a thousand dollars a win. Yeah. So. They and the thing is, what they do also, Ben and Shane, they're very, very. They come from the Wayne Bennett sort of mold. Their mm. their man, their man management skills um, are unbelievable. There's 17 players out there, and if you ask those 17 players to die for their two coaches, 17 would put their hand up because they got so much respect. Because they don't talk down to their players, they encourage the players to oh, to go that. out there and express themselves. And that's where that's where a lot of these coaches at the moment. Think they're Craig Bellamy or think they're Wayne Bennett, yep. um, and they go out there and they they try and reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, they're just young men, and they treat them like young men. They've been linked with a couple of positions. I hope they continue to put their name up and don't get discouraged because some people would see it as a risk, but the reward is also pretty huge. Yeah, it is. I mean, <laughs> there's some coaches in the NRL, and I'm I'm not going to, you know, I certainly wouldn't bag the coaches, but I think to myself. And they've been they've been moved on from four clubs, and they're still it's on that merry-go-round. Uh, and I, I would, to be brutally honest with you, Andy, I wouldn't mind to see Ben and Shane move to the Roosters and be an assistant under under Trent Robinson. Okay. I, I would love I would love that. I, mm. I think that would be that would be awesome for them. The game changes, but not all that much at one particular time. The Walker brothers would certainly change that. Okay, you and Aiken, as a little fella, who was your favourite player and why? I used to support the Bulldogs as my local hometown team was yeah. a member team of the Bulldogs. So, um, yeah, I just loved the 2004 team sorry, of um, the Bulldogs. They had some great players like Andrew Ryan, Luke Patton, Brent Shaw and them sort of players. So, there were some beauties in that footy yeah, side. Yeah, Hazamel Masri as well. I used yep. to love him. I just loved how he was such a small bloke but always used to find the line and his yep. goal-kicking ability was, was crazy as well. So... They're probably the players I was sort of looked up to as a, as a young kid. Um, it was, probably wasn't just one or or two. It was probably yep. a lot of people in that team. Um, they always pretty successful for a number of years there and um, obviously capped it off for that 2004 grand final win. Want to know what's coming up on the podcast? Well, stalk us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at The Andy Raymond. Share the love and share the posts. 
We love hearing coaches blow up stories. And over the last six months, we've heard some absolute fucking beauties. Johnny Bateman has come to the microphone. Is there a Ricky Stewart blow up that stands out for you, mate? Uh, yeah, I've got yeah, yeah, I've got a good one. Um, probably more so, obviously. It wasn't the good at the time and stuff. When when Kurt Scott got locked up in, in um, Sydney, we all all the lads obviously went back to Camden. We had training. I think it was a couple of days later. And I remember Stick ringing me and Elliot, and he like, "Where the fuck's Curtis?" And we were like, "Oh, I don't know." Like we were we were still pretty rough in bedroom. We were like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "He's being locked up." So we're like, "All right." I ended up getting back to Canberra and we, we all got in we all got in like the meeting room I all players in me <laughs> and, he, and he, you know how sick starts blowing up and he was like I've got fucking lads up there celebrating like they've won some with the tops off at a pool party I, didn't, I don't think he realised that we were 40 odd degrees so that's why we had the tops off and he was like I don't know fuck you think you are <laughs> then he turned around and he goes I've got my new halfback fucking George Williams party and he's not even trained two minutes <laughs> But George, but George wasn't even there. <laughs> George wasn't even there. <laughs> so halfway through, so I realised what he said. So I like just put my head down and started like, because when I get in, I just like started giggling. And he's like caught me. And I've just gone, <laughs> and George has gone, I wasn't even there, Sticky's gone. Yeah, you fucking know what I mean. Like, <laughs> and like a couple of weeks later when he calmed down and you could actually talk about it. And he came up to me and went, I fucking, I remember when you started laughing about George thing. I said, mate, he wasn't even there, the poor lad. I said, I said, the best thing about it, he made sure that he wasn't there. Because he had, I think he was carrying a ninja and he was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to stay in Canberra. So he, he went back to Canberra and Sticky, Sticky had in his head that George was there and George was like, George came up to me and went, nah, fucking, I'm not even done all wrong. He's fucking blowing up with me. In front of all lads and that as well. And George was like, what the fuck, I ain't even done all wrong. So... Oh. We had a lot about it. We had a lot about it. Too good. Griffin Air Conditioning, the best of the best, servicing the Sydney metro area for both domestic and commercial air conditioning installations and maintenance. They've got it all, 100%. And Galaxy Finance, for all your financial needs, concerns or questions. If you've got a worry, any issues or just need a little bit of clarity, Call them now. Both awesome companies, both awesome people. Both companies are offering specials for unfiltered listeners. Contact them. Tell them you heard about them on Unfiltered. They will sort you. Their contact details are really easy to find. They're on our website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Check them out there. We've got direct links. They're the best, and they're here to look after unfiltered listeners. You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Want to be part of the team? We have both corporate and private sponsorship packages available. You set the terms. Check out the website at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au or send an email to Terry, that's with an I, at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. If you'd like to be part of the Unfiltered team, get in touch. Go to the website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au, hit the sponsorship tab. We've got several different levels of sponsorship that cater to all levels of business and budget. Get in touch. We'd love to hear from you, and we are flexible in sorting something out. They were originally the big four, then they were the big three when Greg Inglis left the storm, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk, Cameron Smith... There have been many who've actually laid claim in the dressing rooms of the Storm to being part of this elite group. 
Dale Finucane has lobbed plenty of good-natured boasting, plenty of laughs over the years, but who's mounted the best argument for inclusion in this group, you reckon? Oh, it's, it's probably someone who's not even a current player at the moment. It's probably someone who thought that they should have been involved in it, and it's Ryan Hoffman. He, uh, he often comes to uh, some of the, the team meetings and things like that if there's a presentation on that um, he'll... he'll um, talk about his inclusion as, as one of the big four. We uh, Sort of while we were up in the uh, the Sunshine Coast, we often had, um, I think it was a segment, it was back in my day and, and Ryan Hoffman ran it. And uh, he'd often pick out a player, um, you know, to keep an eye on. It was kind of like a uh, an increased um, highlights package, maybe like a five or a six-minute yeah. highlights package. And often it had Ryan Hoffman's highlights. <laughs> he'd obviously pick a game where he played really well, where he's offloaded it to to Billy who scored a try or he's done something miraculous, but he's he's highlighted someone else, but really he's doing pretty good in that game. Yeah, I <laughs> so, love it. He's pushed for a, a inclusion of the big four, I think. Yeah, not the first person to toss in Hoffy. Mate, they're all <laughs> gone now. Has there been anyone that's put their hand up to nominate for the new big three yet? Yeah, I don't know. It'd, it'd obviously be hard to go past the spine players, you know, the hooker, the halves and fullback. And obviously... Ryan Pappenhausen's, you know, since he debuted in 2019, has come a long way. Um, you know, Jerome Hughes has just re-signed with yeah. as well. Obviously, Unstar, you know, Brandon and Harry there. So, you know, there's three or four players there. So, Mate, I've got a tip. Get in early. You're the co-captain. You can pull rank. You can claim a spot <laughs> as a result. Uh, and you get to pick the other members too. Thanks for the insight. Thanks for the chat. Yeah, no worries, mate. I think it's only fair if we give Ryan Hoffman the chance to put in his two cents. The Melbourne Storm Big Four. For so long, Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk, Bill Slater and Greg Inglis were regarded as that publicly anyway. The amount of light-hearted banter at the Storm between other players over the years challenging those four has been nothing short of hilarious. Ryan Hoffman joins us. Mate... Taking people into the dressing rooms, you're normally pretty central in such discussions, mate. Lighthearted, of course, but you've had some blow-ups about not being in the four. But surely um, there's others there that that think they're part of the big four. Yeah, look, I think we could always say with Bill, but everyone knew deep down who it was. Yeah. But I like to, I like to claim I, I had a bit of Ringo Starr in me, you know that the one that just sort of went along. They just went, went along for the ride, didn't contribute a whole heap, but went along for the ride and was just a part of it the whole time. But uh, uh, look, there was, um, you know, Finchy Finchy came in and sort of he, he he put his put his hand up to yep. to be in in the big four every now and then. Um, yeah, and when when GI left, Jeff Lima. Um, I think it was after the 2007 grand final. He had a blind in the grand yeah. final. He um, he booted GI out. He reckoned it didn't matter that GI won the Clive Churchill, but Jeff certainly <laughs> think that he was uh, he he deserved the title as as part of part of the big four. Pretty special time in rugby league when you consider it that uh, you look back on in years to come. Four very special talents, all in the one team. Guys that could light up a game in one touch of the footy. Yeah, and four blokes who were developed by the club. That's, that's, that's right. You know, yeah. That all these blokes were bought as, you know, GI signed as a sixteen-year-old. Yep. You know, Bill Cameron Coops. Um, you know, Smithy David in two thousand two, but he, he got signed as a seventeen-year-old. Mm. Um, Billy Slater was only guaranteed up until Christmas in preseason, 
in Preston preseason gets a start. Cooper Cronk actually got punted from that same preseason because he wasn't fit or anything like that. So we sent him back up to the feeder club. So these are all guys that, you know, developed themselves, but the club developed as well. And, you know, to have four of some of the greatest players that, that have ever played this game of rugby league, number one says a lot about the coach. And number two says a lot about the culture of the club, but also says a lot about them as individuals. There, there was no ego there. Like if uh, I reckon some other places with some other personalities, you get four of those stars in the same club. Mm. They want to go be the superstar on their own. There was no egos in this in, in this in this organisation. There's no egos with those four because they knew they worked so well together and what could be achieved with those four boys working together. You've fired up the barbie. You've stacked the esky. Who do you invite and why? This is dinner date. Table for eight. Our guest chef is Greg Bird. Mate, what is your go-to on the barbecue? Are you a T-bone and some bangers type of guy, I'm thinking? Yeah, meat. meat, Most of my barbecues don't really involve salad. I don't want a potato bake um, here and there, but it's potato bake and meat. Love it. Okay, you've got eight eight seats at the table. Who gets a start and why? Uh, eight seats. Um, a couple of athletes, uh, some of my favourites. Warney has to be there. Um, just his life, everything about him. Yeah. He was, he was a bit of a larrikin. Um, you know, he got, got on the wrong side of the media a few times, not, not too dissimilar to myself. Yeah. Um, but this guy could actually do anything. Um, the spokesperson for Quit photographed on a balcony having a durry. Um, just he could literally do anything, go out on a, on a Sunday, bag five and it was forgotten. Um, I reckon he'd have a few yarns yeah. to be told that he hasn't already told. Uh, I reckon he wouldn't be too bad um, for a chat. So he'd be me first. Um, I actually had an opportunity. We played in Melbourne for a Test One series, and uh, and the boys went to a bar, and I said I was a bit tired and didn't go. And uh, they ended up in a booth with him, with him for a night, and they said it was quite a laugh. Quite a laugh. He was uh, he was on the sauce, and and uh, shared a few funny stories then. So I was filthy. I missed that one, but that would have been a good one. Uh, my second. Um, for similar reasons, he's the best in the world at what he's done probably for 20 years. Tiger Woods, um, he's, I'm a golfer. Uh, I love playing golf. This guy's a clean skin, never done a thing wrong, best in the world. He's got his own video games. But um, all of a sudden comes out that <laughs> he's, a, he's had sex with half of America and, um, and no, one, no one had a clue. He'd, um, he'd been everywhere and everyone wanted a piece of him after it, it, uh, it came to light. I reckon he's probably got more than haven't been told. So you would have him there to probably tell a few more yarns. Um, who's my next one? Tyson Fury. Yeah. Uh, do, you know, do you know much of Tyson Fury? Yeah, certainly he's, uh, do. Yeah, big larrikin. Big larrikin. He, he doesn't mind singing. I love I love singing a few tunes. He, after he beat Klitschko, he, he belted out a tune. Um, after he beat Wilder, he belted out a tune. He uh, he calls everyone a bum, and uh, he reckons he can he can beat anyone in the world. Uh, he's he's a big handsome fellow, He thinks, and he's he's uh yeah he's a laugh. I think he, all his little media interviews, his little his little edits, they they get me. 
Um, so he'd be there for sure. Um, Freddie Mercury, he's there. He'll be able to sing out, a, spelled out a few tunes for us. Um, you know, I was a big Queen fan as a kid. Um, my dad was a Queen fan. Um, and, you know, I remember sitting there, listening to the vinyls, listening to the old vinyls, um, a, night at the, a Night at the Opera, Day of the Races, um, Killer Queen, like the, the old ones. Really enjoyed those albums. And um, he, um, you know, after seeing the film, um, you know, last year when it came out, yeah. um, Baby Rhapsody, I was a big fan of that. And um, he'd, he'd have to be there. Um, I'm sure he's got some some stories for the lads. I'm sure he'd be keen on a few of the lads as well, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, next, another muso, Kurt Cobain. Oh, yeah. You know, coming growing up through the 90s, high school, 90s and early 2000s, that's the grunge era. Um, Kurt Cobain, Dave Grohl, they, they, they changed the scene with their, their music. Um, I was a big Nirvana fan. Um, all that music, that alternative rock, um, I was uh, you know, a big fan of. Um, you know, some of his quotes he's coming out with, um, I'd rather be, I'd rather be hated for myself than, than love for who I'm not. Like that's that's right up my alley, and um, you know that I'm a rocker, rocker at heart. So we'll go with Kirk Cobain. Um, next is how many is that, mate? How many have I got there? You've got five. We've got three more seats left at the table. Three more. All right, I've got Dave Goggins. I heard a few of his podcasts. Uh, and I'm reading his book now. I'm only a couple of couple of chapters in, but I follow him on Instagram, and he's uh, he's just probably the one of the most intense people I've ever I've ever seen. He's uh, he's full on. He's a he's a war hero. He's had a tough tough childhood, tough growing up. Um, he does ultra marathons now. Runs you know 200, 200 mile runs and like ridiculous things that seem impossible but he goes out and does it and his uh his motto is just stay hard stay hard and i can i can live my life by staying hard so um we'll go in there for a few yarns um who else have we got um i'll get my old man i'll get my old man's going to come back for dinner he's similar to me he was a shit stirrer um you know he passed away about Four years ago, mm-hmm. um, I moved actually moved over to France, and um, and he passed away three days after I got here. So I had to fly directly back and um, do the funeral and catch up with family, and that was a pretty tough time. But you know, being far away, um, you know, you didn't get don't get the opportunity to speak mm-hmm. as much as you'd like to. Being a rugby league player, he lived in the country in Tamworth, and um, I reckon he'd have a few. Yeah, he'd be he'd be winding the blokes up at, at the dinner a fair bit, so yeah, wouldn't be wouldn't mind having him there. Um, so my old man will be there, and the last one is the most controversial. So you need someone to put shit on. I think at a barbecue. Yeah. Um, normally I invite Gal for that, but um, <laughs> he's an easy target um, to bag on. But um, we'll go with Adolf Hitler. It's controversial, but any like. Anybody that comes from a different country that can move to a country, go to jail, get out, 
um, convince the country that they should put him in the lead, go to war with the whole world, and then kill 11 million people. It's uh, he's a psychopath, obviously. He's has some sort of charisma to, to convince <laughs> convince the Germans, being Austrian, that uh, they should listen to him. So I can't have Gal there because I've had much with him. So we'll, we'll put shit on Adolf. Uh, other seven of this bag of Adolf. So you'd have Kurt Cobain and Freddie Mercury singing a duet with Tyson Fury as backup. Then you'd have the serious stories from David Goggin telling Warney and Tiger to stay hard while they text message at the dancers. Your dad would be there keeping the beers cold and telling everyone to behave. And at the end of it, you could all kick the shit out of Adolf just for a little bit of fun. That sounds like a cracking afternoon, Bertie. Thanks for dropping in. Next week on the Legends series, our first father and son combo, the Hoffmans, Ryan and Father Jay. 300 games, it's, it's now a milestone that we celebrate, and rightfully so. For both of you, does that afternoon on the Gold Coast stand out? Yeah, it's a yeah. weird sort of game. Yeah, no, it certainly does. Yeah. It, it certainly did for us. Yeah. Jenny and myself, yeah. and the family, that yeah, we're very proud of the fact that not, not only that he'd, uh, he played 300 first grade games, it's just the way he conducted himself. Yeah. You know, Ryan's, you know, football's been what it's all been about. It hasn't been about him mm. uh, having a good time. And I think one of the things I kept reiterating, he, you know, footballers today don't own the game. Yep. You know, these little kids like Ryan was who... Um, who aspire to play it. They're just and the custodians exactly. of the game at the moment. And you've yeah. got to leave it in a better place than how you found it. So, And I was certainly very proud of the fact that mm. um, Ryan had done nothing to take away from that. Does it hold a special place in your heart that day? Yeah. It was um, – everything sort of come <laughs> come together Didn't that it? day. I got the – to get it, get a try, and you know the boys come away with with, with a great win. We were having a bit of a real up and down season. Yeah, yeah. I mean the effort what the boys put in, and <laughs> I remember um, my last game against the Warriors in New Zealand. The boys, uh, Simon Marion, presented me a, something with the team that all the Warriors did that year for fellas that were retiring. Mm. I remember saying in the, in the speech, I mean that will always be etched in my memory. Yeah, like I was at the Warriors for three years. And the effort that those boys put in, whether they put in for me or not, I don't, I don't know. But to make sure that that was a special night for me, an mm. afternoon for me, is, is something that I'll, I'll never forget. Like the boys played really well, and you could see that effort was there. And that 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 just summed up, you know, the people at the Warriors that that I played with. They were fantastic people, and to understand something that was really important to me, to make it important for themselves, was great too. And they even scored a try late at the end, so I could have a ha- kick, have a goal. kick a goal. I never. Yeah. Career record of one from three. So. <laughs> <laughs> no goals on your resume, I noticed, Jay. <laughs> uh, actually, actually. Uh, oh, yeah. really? The Legends series, I love it. I hope you do too. You know, at any time you can go back and listen to a Legends series interview. Actually, you can go back and listen to any of our podcasts 
all of them are timeless. So it doesn't matter when you listen to them, even though you may not have heard them when they first came out, they're timeless. They won't date. They'll make perfect sense. They're ready for you for when you're ready. Let's rewind back to episodes 126 and 127 with the great Danny Baderas. Around this time, the promotion at club level to captain was mirrored in the state side. Are you a natural leader or a natural captain? No, I wasn't. When I came, became captain of New South Wales, I wasn't even captain of the Knights. So I had a bit of um, uh, belief, I guess, of not being able to do it. I didn't believe in myself. So I was thinking, how am I going to get anyone else to believe in me? So, wow. yeah, I, I just didn't believe that I could do a, a state and control and be a captain of all these players that have, have captains of their own club. So mm. Gus Gould got me uh, at, a, at a bit of a – it was a bit of a get-together. It was a bit of a, a fitness session probably a few weeks before Origin kicked off and just a get-together, have a bit of lunch. And he said, mate, I'm going to make you captain because I believe this is a good role for you. And I said, mate, I can't do that. He said, mate, you serious? I'm just asking you to, to do something that could be could change your life, you know? Yeah. So he goes, you got till the end of the day. So I've got um, – I had lunch, thought about it, spoke to – some of the guys that are captain, you know, Craig Fitzgibbon, Andrew Ryan, uh, Nathan Marsh, guys that I'd, I'd come through that era with. And yep. I said, what do you think about this? They said, mate, do it. It'll be the best thing you'll ever do. Uh, but they said, promise me one thing, just don't change who you are and don't change the way you play and you'll be fine. And and that was it. And I sort of never looked back other than the bonding night. We had a bonding night where about three or four folks got sent home and yeah. there was a $50,000 fine and I went, hey, this is not for me. Yeah. This is not for me. I'm only captain on the field. Yeah, I'm captain. <laughs> I'll never forget. I, I had a room by myself and a couple yep. of players, oh, can we go for a few more beers? Beats, go ask us, go and ask us if yep. we can go for a few more beers. I said, boys, we've had a good night. It's midnight. Let's go home. We've had, we all ripped in. and yep. um and then I went and asked Gus, and Gus said, over my dead body, you're going anywhere, mate. And you get those boys, you pull them in the line and tell them they're not going anywhere. So I said, boys, nah, can't go out. Then a few have gone out. And the next morning, it all kicked off. Yeah, so it all kicked off. So, you know, a couple got sent home, and we we had a, a weekend away to think about the, our, and the way that it all went down. And yep. we had to come back in on the Monday for the Wednesday game, and, and I, that's when I had to show some leadership, you know. Yeah. So I had to talk about how do we bring this team together and, um, and that's where I started to really understand what leadership was about. And then the, the following game, uh, Gus brought Freddie back, which I'll learn a hell of a lot of as well. We've had some wonderful families in our great game. History is littered with second-generation success stories, and even beyond that in some cases. Stevie Waddell was a brutally tough and uncompromising front rower who played for both the Penrith Panthers and the Illawarra Steelers in the late 80s and 90s. His son Corey is forging his own path and identity, but proudly carries the family tradition. Mate, you may have been to a couple of Dad's games, but in a baby's bassinet. Have you watched much of Dad's footy or video since? Um, I've watched a few uh, highlights here and there. You know, I thought I had to have a look. um, Yep. Mum's still got a lot of jerseys at home that he's had, and oh wow, uh, he's he's got a few magazines there that he's been in. So I've had a flick through them, but um, I think I get the most out of you know talking to all his mates that you know he played footy with. Um, you know they speak real highly of him, and I think that's where I get the most uh, confidence out of um, my game as well. You know yeah. when they tell me what type of footballer he was or what type of man he was. Um, Makes me want to be a, a 
even better man than than that. And um, so it's you know I think that's what I um learned to live off and what I thrive off. Yeah, that's that's lovely. The fact that dad's mates and guys that played with him or against him have a chat with you. You would have realised by yeah. now. He wasn't Andrew Johnson. He wasn't Darren Lockyer. He wasn't flashy, but yeah. tough. Oh fuck, was he tough? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I uh, everyone I that known him and sort of watched him play says the same thing. So um, I think that's for me um, a bloody high accolade that yeah. you can get in this sport of um, NRL. And you know, when someone's saying that about a front rower. Um, and especially um, my old man, you know, yeah, it's um, pretty touching and I um, feel um, pretty proud of him and um, that's why I try and play exactly like he plays. As you should, mate. You should be really proud. I lost my dad last year at 48 years of age and at 48 I struggled. I'm in awe of the yep. mental toughness and the resilience guys like yourself, well younger than me, showed in a very similar situation but you pay tribute now to Dad before each game. I'd love you to tell us what you do that's just a little different and a little special. Yeah, well, um, I have a you know photo on my um, on my phone of him, and it's just one of him charging into you know the forward pack. You know, I've got a footy card of him as well, so um, I just look at that before every game, and then sometimes my mum will text me you know some advice that um, basically based off dad's game and yeah. um yeah so just i look at that and um in the sheds and it just gets me in the right right frame of mind and you know the simple things of um what he did in his game i think you know you can't go out on the field and not do them things you know them things come first of being tough and um big tough and old school is what he was remembered by so um that's what i try and do as well that's the coolest story and routine. Just awesome, mate. Uh, a really nice moment for your NRL debut. You're at Manly and John Cartwright presented you with your jersey. John was a teammate of your dad's and one of your dad's best yep. mates. I would imagine that would have been a pretty special presentation. Yeah, no, it was. You know, it was um, the, everyone around, you know, in the team was tearing up as well. You yeah. know, he was uh, my dad's best mate. They played together. For a long time and uh going down to Manly, um Cardi was massive for me. He held my game um like no tomorrow. And um, you know, if I can need any help or anything, he's always there. I just yeah. call him up and ask him for advice and you know, uh the tribute sort of he gave to me when he handed my jersey to me, he just said, uh, my dad will be proud and so um that's all I try and do and you know, they were best mates and hopefully do John proud as well. He'll be watching down and smiling, mate, as the young man that you are and the young footballer that you are as well. Thanks for dropping in, legend. Want to win an unfiltered trucker's hat? Go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast. Then simply give us a five-star rating and review. Write whatever you want. We don't care. It's the stars that matter. Funniest weekly review wins the prize. Simple. And that's how easy it is to win. There's a winner every week. This week's winner is the Juice King. He wrote, I love the potty, big boy, and in these difficult times, it's comforting to hear a familiar voice. I enjoy getting comfy with a meat pie or two, 
a sausage roll, a large Big Mac meal and a fillet of fish with some salt and vinegar chips and chocolate to wash it down and just listen to some of the old stories. Could eat and listen for hours. Keep it up. My girlfriend Peter and I love it. Go easy on the comfort food, old Juice King, but thank you for your Apple review. Really appreciate it, mate. Almost done for this week, so it's the perfect chance for you to leave your review on the app you're listening on, and you too could win the unfiltered trucker's hat. Tell us your go-to Macca's meal after a few drinks or what your record sitting looks like at the Arches. Why not? It doesn't matter what you say. Make it stand out. Make us laugh. You could win. That's it for this episode. Another massive week ahead. Be good or be good at it. Uh, Before we go, advice for the weekend. Grab a steak, 500 grams plus. Medium well it, smother it in peppercorn. Only attempt this if you've got a coldie by your side and then just eat it like no one's watching. And to ensure it's a perfect weekend, this is a given. Make sure you back Pikey in the last.